Hey, hey, another week, another Dynamo Discussions. This week we have another founder on. Um, he actually is one of our neighbors, and he has been through an accelerator, not Dynamo, because we are brand new. But he'll offer some great insights into how to best prepare for an accelerator, if your team is right for an accelerator, what is an accelerator really like. Um, we say the word accelerator a lot, so um, apologies for that. Other than that, great show. Hope you enjoy. There. I'm Caitlin Wittenberg. And I'm Santosh Sankar. And we are here today with Brian Troutschold. He is the co-founder at Ambition. Uh, hi. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Awesome. Good. Awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with us. Why don't we start off, just uh, tell us what Ambition is. Yeah. Um, so Ambition is a sales performance management platform. Uh, we also do goal tracking, but we sync with data sources like CRMs, phone systems, um, revenue management systems, and track all of the important objectives and metric targets that sales, customer success, service teams use to drive performance. And we also help uh, motivate, recognize top performers, and uh, basically we help companies sell more stuff by making their people have more fun. That sounds fun. It is fun. It's a ton of fun. Super interesting. So how did that happen? (laughs) So Uh, how did Ambition, did you just come into it saying, all right, let's do this? Or what's your story? Yeah, we were just geniuses and we knew there was a huge market for it. Yeah, Um, basically. Yeah, that's how all startups actually work. (laughs) Um, No, but so we, uh, you know, the long, long story is that we were three college students who wanted to start companies, had no idea or no business actually starting companies, but um, three, uh, you know, three genius investors decided to take a chance on us, uh, <laughs> you know, five or six years ago with our first company, which was, which was totally different. Um, and we kind of just, you know, we learned about gamification, which is the process of using like game mechanics to drive behavior. We learned about building products. We learned about building teams. And uh, over the course of, you know, years in, in a consumer app space, we started to focus in on, like, how do you drive specific behavior and, you know, drive targeted uh, goal attainment. One of our, one of our investors, uh, who's, who's very close to Dynamo, kind of started to recommend that we should be looking at the enterprise and we should be selling into companies that had the ability to pay us versus consumers who didn't want to pay anything. Um, and then we kind of, you know, we, re- we kind of relied on our personal experience, which we had experience as salespeople uh, and sales managers. And we said, man, this is like really obvious, but like sales has a huge issue with motivating people and recognizing success and then uh, building process into sales. So we kind of, you know, scrapped our previous company and over the course of six months, just talked to users, didn't build anything, finally had a user say, I would love to pay you money for that. And that's what we did, and, and we didn't really know what we were building at the time, but, you know, two and a half, almost three years later, we've built, you know, a huge platform used by companies around the world to, uh, you know, recognize and motivate their salespeople and have them hit their goals and attain their goals more frequently. So you had another company, another idea. Yeah. And then you totally shifted. Yep. Can you kind of go into the psychology of, like, what you and your team went through? And I feel like that would be stressful. Yeah, I mean, we actually, like, shut the company down and, uh, you know, started a new company almost, you know, the next day. Um, but, 
I think it's really tough for, for entrepreneurs. You, you fall in love with an idea. You're super passionate about it. And um, sometimes it can be really tough to look and say, okay, this isn't working. Uh, and hopefully that you have some hubris and you have some investors who are, who are honest with you and, um, and care about you. You know, the investors we had who were uh, Lampost Group was the biggest. Um, and they said, hey, this is cool. We love that you guys are passionate about it, but honestly, it's not working. And yeah. so you need, to, uh, you need to think about other things. Like, we'll still support you. We love you guys. You're building great products, but, like, this product's not going to be what you want it to be. Um, and luckily, you know, we were in the, we were, had the opportunity to, you know, reevaluate. And, um, yeah, it's super stressful. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's really common. And, you know, we're joking about it before. Like, every entrepreneur thinks that, like, these companies they read about are, like, overnight successes. But really, it's, like, years of struggle and strife and, like, trying to figure it out. And then, you know, they get a TechCrunch article and it's like, oh, it's like an overnight <laughs> success. It blew up. Yeah. It's like, no, that dude was, like, crying three years ago. And now, <laughs> now it's, like, kind of working. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of, I'd say it, is, it was stressful. I think, like, it's funny because startups, I feel like startups become celebrities when they gain success. It's like you look at them and they're just like, they look like they're so, like you said, overnight successes. And it's just everything works so seamlessly. And you really don't hear about what you're talking about. And so I think that's great for probably for our listeners to hear that. Um, How did you, even from the beginning, though, get, you had an idea and even though later you changed it, how did you even get to that stage where you got investors? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Um, well, you said you all didn't, sorry, you said you didn't belong in business. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just like, how did that even happen? Yeah. So we raised our first investor check. Like, our, I mean, it's almost to the, like, what day is today? Today's May 19th. I think we got the first check ever. I think it's May 23rd or May 24th. <laughs> um, so it's almost like to the day, um, gosh, like six years ago. Um, but yeah, you have to go fail a bunch. So, you know, we had this, what we thought was super cool idea, no capability of, of achieving it at the time. Like we didn't have the skills, we didn't have the team to do it. Um, but we applied to Y Combinator. I think we applied to Techstars. Um, that we were reading Hacker News all the time, like how people could raise money. Um, and the best way to do that is, like, actually build a relationship. Like, don't just, like, send an application into some, mm-hmm. you know, something. You actually, like, people should be reaching out, getting to know you, talking about their idea. And then, hopefully, you know, like in our case, someone will be passionate about it. And someone will say, oh, or, or more likely, they'll be passionate about you. They'll say, oh, man, this person, you know, this girl can really, you know, do something special. Maybe it's not this idea, but mm-hmm. down the road, they're going to do something really cool, and I want to be a part of it. So, you know, on, on the point of relationships there, I've definitely spent, I mean, hours and hours on the phone, Skype, in person, meeting founders. What, what were your kind of perspectives when you're thinking about going through an accelerator, sitting in that seat, if you can kind of revisit that and those memories there? What were you looking for as a founder? What should founders be looking for when they evaluate an accelerator program? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I think, I think the one thing that maybe before they, they're even looking for a, a, an accelerator or an incubator or whatever it is, or even a VC, is just realize there's no silver bullet. Like, it's not going to be the tipping point that makes you 
uh, Airbnb or something like that. Um, like it's going to be you. It's going to be the hard work that you guys do. But I think uh, I think what makes that a lot easier, and it, I mean using Airbnb, which is a random example, but you know Airbnb has a great and like Brian Chesky and those guys have a great relationship with Paul Graham and Sam Altman and all the people in. Um, y Combinator. And so I think that's kind of like compatibility and are they, are they passionate about your idea? Are they passionate about you as an entrepreneur or as a founder? Um, I think that's what I'd be looking at. If you're just another number or, you know, you're, you know, not part of their, their personal passion, it's probably not going to be great because, you know, you, and you guys know this, like you're not doing it for 90 days or, or whatever it is. It's like, you're doing it to be um, involved in the journey. However long that journey matters, maybe they're only, in the program for, for 90 days, but we still talk to Y Combinator all the time. We still talk to, you know, the lamppost group guys all the time. Yep. Um, so it's not going to be a short-term thing. Hopefully it's not. It's not speed right. dating. It's like, it's a marriage, you know, regardless. And so that's right. kind of what I would be looking for is like, is there this uh, personality, cultural, like long-term fit that we, that you think could be, a, you know, could happen? What sure. was it that made your team decide an accelerator was right for you? I think a question we get a lot or... I don't know, is, do you, is every team right for an accelerator, just like is every accelerator right for every team? Sure. And like, I, I don't think that's probably accurate, that every team should go to an accelerator. Mm-hmm. So what was it about your team that made that the right choice? Yeah. Well, was it the right choice? <laughs> well, I, I think so. Like, well, I'm not going to throw YC under the bus. <laughs> I, I like those guys a lot. Um, no, so I, well, one thing, like backing up one step, I hate... I hate accelerator. Like it, it does. It should accelerate your business. Um, but the word like accelerator incubator, it's just so overdone now. Like, you know, I think about Dynamo, what you guys are doing. It's like this is a program. It has this focus. We're gonna like, you know, we're gonna push people in in ninety or one hundred and twenty days to do these things and to like really focus. And I think that uh, while that is accelerating your business or accelerating parts of your business, um, you know, there's there's a lot more to it. Um, but, you know, I think that realistically, all companies probably aren't, you know, don't need to go to an accelerator. Mm-hmm. That's not going to um, dramatically change them from, you know, point A to point B. But I think if a company has, has some momentum, has either some, um, you know, key development milestones they can hit, they have some fundraising milestones they want to hit, and they want to, like, really shape up and attack their business, um, it can it can work. And I think that what you should be looking for is, do these, are these people subject matter experts? Do they have experience? Do they have, um, you know, a network that can, that can push my business into the next, the next level? Um, you know, in our experience, like we needed, we needed that. So we were based in, in Tennessee, you know, we were, we're doing an enterprise startup. We weren't close to a lot of people who'd done enterprise startups before. Um, you know, we didn't have that, uh, network in our back pocket. And so going to YC, even though a bunch of the YC people had been in, um, you know, tangential spaces that weren't, you know, necessarily super applicable to sales, they've all been around startups no matter what. And startups, you know, eventually have the same problems or they have, you know, a clear connection that can help us. And so it was great for us. Um, you know, we came out, we, we did great fundraising. Uh, we built a huge, huge network that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And, you know, we learned a ton of stuff. I mean, we talk about stuff that we kind of were, you know, challenged on every single day now. We talk to users. We build something people want. We, uh, you know, we iterate super fast. And so I think we, 
we got a lot of that ingrained in us uh, in the YC community, which you don't have to do to learn that stuff. I mean, super simple. But um, if you see a lot of people being successful doing it around you, I think it sticks a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Sure. Talk, talk a little bit about, you know, what teams need to be doing once they're in an accelerator program. What are best practices? You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to school, you should have a notebook and a pen. What are kind of the similar <laughs> just no-brainer things that they should be uh, kind of yeah. doing? You, you should have, you know, you can get like the supply <laughs> list when you're in like yeah. sixth grade and you like yeah. run to like Walmart or whatever and get like four <laughs> backpacks worth of stuff. Yeah. What's your supply What's list? the equivalent here? <laughs> I think the one thing is you just need a clear, clear objectives. And I think that a lot of people don't. Um, and I don't know whose fault that is. Probably a mixture of, you know, the accelerator and the company and everyone mm-hmm. involved. But, like, you know, I, and I'm not sure we did a great job of this. We knew that we wanted to fundraise, so that was one thing. But um, and we wanted to do it with great partners. Uh, and we knew we wanted to build a network. And so I think we accomplished both of those objectives. But, you know, the biggest thing that I would say is come in with – with a long-term objective, what do we want at the end of this? Like, what's yeah. our clear, you know, the delta we want to be at from from 90 days from now? And then, you know, what is that? And maybe there's two or three of those objectives. But then what are, like, bite-sized chunks that we can attack every single week? Yep. And then we're going to mm-hmm. leverage the shit out of people who are here, whether it's another company, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a, uh, you know, managing director of a program, whatever it is. Like, we're going to leverage them. Yeah. And every single week we're going to hit you know, a milestone, uh, or like come hell or high water. Yeah. And so I think people don't really do that. They're just like, they show up, they're like, Oh man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be buddies with this guy from Techstars now. And like, that's going to change my business. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not like, it's, it's going to be you doing it. That, you know, that girl or, or guy is not going to change it for you. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably the biggest thing on my checklist is like, do you have clear objectives? Do you know what it's going to take to hit them? And are you going to work on that process every single day, night, morning? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Was Accelerator, like going through our program, was it harder than you imagined? Was it easier? Was it about on par with what you thought it would be? Um, well, I think YC is unique in that YC specifically doesn't feel very much like a program. You know, mm-hmm. YC has Tuesday night dinners and a meeting with your, uh, you know, basically your partner advisor every week mm-hmm. and, and you know, other people in your cohort. So, so there's not like a day-to-day schedule. You don't, you're not going anywhere every day. Yeah. That's, that's different. Um, so it's really on you. It's really like you're the, you're in the driver's seat, you're doing everything. Um, and I think that works really well for us. We're very like internally fueled. We were competitive even when people like don't think that we're competitive. We're like, you know, fuck these guys. Like we're going to do better. (laughs) We're going to look better. Um, and so I think it, it's going to depend on the program a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, that felt really well for us. YCU kind of being, uh, you know, it's startup driven and it's the founders doing it and there's going to be support. There's going to be these dinners where we can all listen and learn and talk. Uh, and then there's going to be these, you know, tough meetings for about half an hour or an hour once a week where people are like, did you hit the milestone this week? Did you, why didn't you, why did you, what are you going to do next week? What's working, what's not working, and it's uh, it's rapid fire. It's it's straight to the point, and mm-hmm. you know that's that was good for us. Yeah, um, as a oh sorry, I feel like Santosh is about to talk, and I just all shut you, him down. All, all right, you, okay, all sorry. Uh, I was going to ask you about you know as a co-founder, what is it about you that you think has made you um, good at what you do? Like, what is it about your personality 
that has put you in this position and you think, okay, I can be a founder of a company? Uh, yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I think one of the big things that people miss and, you know, I, I like to equate stuff to sports cause it's just easier. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated in a business setting, but, uh, great teams have people who like are full force multipliers for other people and, and startups early on, it's rarely just the founders doing everything. I mean, you're doing a ton of stuff and you're wearing a ton of hats and like you're answering a customer support email, then you're talking to someone about sales and then you're like talking about product and it's back and back and back. But, um, you know, trying to take stuff off people who are great at one thing is like one of the biggest things that I think good founders do well. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. if you have a great product person, you should be asking yourself, like, how can I free this person up as much as possible to maximize them? Like, if I'm the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry is, like, the best shooter, it's like, how do I just make it so all Steph has to worry about is mm-hmm. shooting and yep. being open? Um, and so he can make a bunch of shots. And they were really good at that. Uh, and they have a bunch of people who are kind of like glue guys in between or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things I think that we do well as founders at Ambition. That we're kind of like a Venn diagram where we overlap enough that we can take certain things off. Uh, we can we can help each other in times of need. But really what we're doing is we're trying to maximize our people who are awesome at what they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we have a guy who's great at sales, I'm like, don't worry about the customer support. I'll, I'll worry about that. Don't worry about the complaints. I'll get that. Yep. You just sell, sell, sell right. and make sure, you know, you're selling what the customer wants. Um, so that's one of the things I think uh, doesn't get talked enough, you know, and is it, that's like real world shit. Like people don't, yeah. people don't necessarily want to be like, Hey, the, the best co-founder is someone who's out there like making the engineering team happier by like bringing sandwiches. But like that shit actually happens in real life. And it's like, mm-hmm. right. Let them be them. And you like empower them to be great. Yeah. Yeah. That's something in previous episodes we've talked about and had lengthy discussions about founder dynamics and, how a team actually meshes together. So would you say that's something, how has Lamppost influenced that? Is that something Lamppost has influenced? And namely Ted, Barry, and Alan, just taking them by names. Where has their influence been, you think, in the early stages of forming your business? Well, yeah, it's ironic. And and this is probably not going to be replicable for most people. But, you know, they were a team of three. We were a team of three. Uh, you know, we have a lot of similarities and I think that's one of the reasons they invested in us originally. Um, but we've modeled ourselves a lot like them, you know, because we were 25 and, and didn't know what we we're doing and here like successful guys who we want to be, uh, emulating. But one of the great things that they do is they can, you know, they can support or build up or lean on one of their three members, like at any given time. And that's like a, there's a strong, you know, triangle thing in there. There's all kinds of like <laughs> weird analogies we could make, but, uh, you know, it, it works for them. And it, one of the things I think that, uh, and this is a, a tangent on your, on your question, but, you know, having a three or, or four, whatever it is, but like one of the reasons I think it's really hard to start a two person company or a one person company is it's, it's one to one or it's one on yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and yourself can be sometimes worse than any, but yeah. you know, having three, there's probably, you know, anytime there's a debate, you can have a tiebreaker. Anytime mm-hmm. that there's, you know, a question, you can actually have like a thoughtful conversation versus, you know, me versus you. And so we took a lot of the things that they had learned over, I think, about 10 or 12 hard years of building businesses, and we tried to copy it. And yeah. we tried to, you know, make it fit for us, but... You know, we've learned a ton of, of their stuff. And if, you know, 10 years from now, we'll probably look a lot like them, except better looking. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, I, I, that's a recurring theme in a lot of these episodes is like uh, having mentors is such a key component. And I think it's probably hard for people who find, like who start companies because I think it probably takes, at least for one of the founders, a certain amount of ego mm-hmm. to be crazy enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I have no money and yep. I don't know what I'm doing, but right. I absolutely can do this. So it's, I think having a mentor, being able to push your ego aside enough to have someone to look up to and say, okay, they actually know better may be very hard for some people, but it's very important as we keep hearing over and over yeah. from these people. Yeah. And, and, you know, potential teams that are listening out there, you know, Brian will be one of the mentors this summer that <laughs> nice. will be yeah. uh, down the hall. So you can seek to emulate some of his qualities just like he did when he was in, in your shoes what previously. Thing. So there's an interesting point, like you guys are talking about mentors and, um, you know, we're kind of talking about this in VCs before, but like the most powerful and, and you know, Ted, Barry, and Alan are, are incredible at this. Alan's, Alan's great, but like, like you'll, you don't actually get answers from those people. And like mm-hmm. people shouldn't expect to get answers, yeah. whether it's from, you know, Fred Wilson or Mark Andreessen or it's from, you know, uh, Barry Large. Like what you want is someone who can help you like frame your thoughts. So just by talking to someone who's been there and understands the pressures or the, or the complexities of the decisions, it's going to help you in your own internal process to like frame or formulate what you need to do. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's really, really underrated about you know, accelerators in general, whether it's YC or 500 startups or Dynamo or whatever, like just talking about this stuff openly on like a regular basis with other people who are either in it or have like recently done it, it just like expands your brain uh, and it opens you up to a lot more versus like being stuck like in the problem, I guess, uh, and like, you know, kind of boxing yourself in. So that's one of the things I think is great about accelerators going back to the points before and then going back to like, you know, talking to people and leveraging mentors, like that's, yeah. that's the key thing. Don't expect someone to be like, do this, expect for them to like, listen to you for like 30 minutes and then be like, what do you think you should do? Sure. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, I guess I should do that. Socratic is, is what yeah, John yeah. and I try to, to exactly. tell people. So as, as a founder, how, how should founders behave to that? Cause I feel like there are definitely folks out there who think that to your point, it's not a silver bullet, but they might be expecting I'm going to go to him or her. They're going to tell me what to do. So how do you kind of reset that? Well, that I think thinking? the first thing is like, know that that's not going to happen. Like anyone <laughs> listening who's like, oh, they're just going to tell me what to do and it's going to work. Like that's not happening. But uh, I mean, maybe on like some smaller things. But but I think uh, I think the biggest thing is like you guys were saying, like take away the ego and be willing to open yourself up, which is super, super hard to, you know, shit's not always going to go right. A bunch of stuff's going to go wrong. You're going to have a competitor or someone's going to quit or something's going to not, it's going to break. Like that happens in every single business. And you have to be able to, uh, I think you have to be open to the fact that it's happening and mm-hmm. then, you know, communicate, think about it. Uh, cause the last thing you want is to just be in denial and then like, and then you're dead. Like, uh, Gary Tan, uh, <laughs> You know, formerly of YC, had a great thing. Like, most startups, like, die uh, choking in the corner when, like, people who could help are, like, 10 feet away. Um, And that's, like, that's exactly true. Like, you've got to be able to talk about it and, you know, deal with how uncomfortable it is to say stuff. But just, like, talking about it's going to help you change stuff. And I I think that's 
the key thing. That's like 100%. a life lesson. Like, just <laughs> yeah. like, don't be embarrassed by your shit. Just yeah. like, you everybody know, has shit going like on. Like, we all, yeah. Everybody needs help at some point in their days or lives. Just don't be shy to go ask for it. Yeah. yeah. Frankly. Man, we're just giving life advice this time. This yeah, is this is a different, this I mean, is good. Signed up for a different podcast, I guess. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I've got. Do you have questions? I'm all good uh, at psychological dynamo discussions, yeah. I guess. All right. Cool. Well, thanks so much for talking with us. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. All right, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, we do have an update for you. Santosh and I will start recording a little mini podcast in between these Dynamo discussions where we're going to talk more about current events in tech, logistics, supply chain, transportation, investing, really lend um, some perspective and context for what's going on in the news around these industries. So that will be more of a conversation, less of an interview. We will have guests on occasionally. Um, so look forward to that. We'll post that very soon. Um, other than that, if you want to stay up to date on what we're doing, you can go to hellodynamo.com. We do have a newsletter where we offer more insights into the industry and what's going on at Dynamo. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at This Is Dynamo. Yeah, we're everywhere. So reach out, say hello. We love feedback. We want to get to know you. Okay, have a great week.